0: your cash flow forecast, and your balance sheet, which is also sometimes referred to as your statement of financial position, depending on who you talk to or what system you're using in. But those are the three pieces of financial information, financial statements, financial documents, whatever you want to call them, that as a business owner, you should be looking at regularly so welcome to the second solo episode of how not to run a business my name is jeremy jacobs and the host and the founder of this podcast and it's a pleasure to have you listening in today i hope you're well now, if you haven't listened to episode one, which was the first solo episode I did, I would encourage you to go and have a listen because I do two things in that episode. Firstly, I explain a little bit more about what this podcast is about. And I also talk more about my story and my journey and how I've got here today and my 15 years of experience of running my own businesses, 13 years of which was with my main business, Ray's Bakery, which is a food manufacturing business, which I closed at the end of 2021 after 13 years in business. So I'm going to be doing a couple of uh, episodes a month. One of them is going to be an interview with someone, whether that's an experienced entrepreneur, an expert, or someone with an amazing message, particularly around failure and mistakes, we want to understand how to be successful in business through the mistakes and failures of others and what they learnt. And then I'm going to be doing a solo episode as well. where I'll be talking about all kinds of fun stuff. Um, some of those will be mistakes that I've made in my business or in life in general. And some of those things might be topical. I don't know yet because I haven't got that far. This is my first time recording a podcast and it feels like everyone's launching a podcast right now it's the hot medium right you've got big names lots of controversy around lots of different people particularly Joe Rogan um on Spotify I'm not making any political or uh, any comment on that whatsoever um but it just seems like, I don't know whether it's my world, but it just seems like everyone's launching a podcast at the moment. So there's a part of my um, self-critical uh, brain, my internal dialogue that says, oh, no, Jeremy, don't la- launch a podcast. Uh, everyone else is doing it. What have you got to say? Who would listen, Etc. Etc." But I say to my uh, inner, vo- inner voice, uh, go fuck yourself, very politely, um, because I have a voice. I have something to say. I'm going to put my own stamp on it. So today, I'm going to be talking to you about how I managed to get myself, or my business rather, into £150,000 worth of debt without really knowing about it. Now, I get that for some people, £150,000 worth of debt is going to sound like an awful lot. And to some people, £150,000 worth of debt is going to sound like not a lot. For me at the time, it was a lot of money. My business was in a critical stage. I had been brought up as someone who has always been told, debt is bad, you shouldn't be in debt, you should avoid debt at all costs. So for me, the idea of having that much debt and being and owing that much money to someone really made me shit myself and made me deeply uncomfortable. And I used to think about what could I do with that money? What could I have spent that money on? I could have bought a house or a flat. I mean, in Brighton nowadays, and Brighton and Hover, you probably buy like a, like a garage or something. But back then, I mean, this was, what, seven or eight years ago. Back then... It was. It's still a. It's still a large amount of money, but it was a little less so back then. So, the first thing I want to say about all of that is, it. I'm not here to talk about finances or debt from an a, from a financial or an accountant's point of view. I'm not an accountant, and I'll never be one. I, as you'll learn as I tell you this story. I've had to learn about numbers and I do enjoy doing them. And I understand the importance of finance for businesses and for business owners and entrepreneurs. But I'm not an accountant. I'm not a financial advisor and I'll never be one. And I'm not interested in being one. Leave that up to those experts. So anything I share with you today is from my own experience and it's my own personal view. It's not financial advice. So please do not follow or do anything that I say without speaking to a trusted financial advisor or accountant. I know enough to teach and help business owners and entrepreneurs understand their business finances up to a certain point. And I learned all of that through going through this period of incredible stress and difficulty. So let me take you back to a few years ago, probably about, I'm going to say eight. My memory's not as good as it used to be. And I'm sat in my accountant's office and we're doing a quarterly review. And it is pointed out to me that it might be a good idea to go and see an insolvency practitioner. Now, this is eight years ago, so I'm, I'm relatively new to business. And I go, in my head, what's an else? insolvency practitioner? I didn't know what one was. Turns out an insolvency practitioner, they're there to help support you when your business is in financial difficulty, you're going to go insolvent, you're going to basically go out of business or potentially go out of business. So as a precaution, I was advised to go and speak to an insolvency practitioner. And... We looked at the numbers and on the balance sheet where it tells you all of your assets and your liabilities and essentially how much your value is in your, your in your business, it was minus £150,000. So it was £150,000 in debt to other people. Now, there's probably a better, more accurate <laughs> financial explanation of what that is. Um, but I was liable for £150,000 worth of debt. The vast majority of that was owed to other people, Um, some financial institutions, but mostly family. But that didn't matter to me because I still owed people money. So I spoke to the insolvency practitioner, spoke to him. He was incredibly kind, very, very helpful. He was actually the same person who helped me close my business down. And he said, actually, you're okay. You can trade out of this, so you know you you're not any you're not really close to having to do anything because when you're a business owner, when you're a director of a business, you have certain legal responsibilities, and one of those is to ensure that you don't continue to trade and take credit from people when you know you, there's a potential that you cannot pay them back, and that's called wrongful trading so if you're a business owner. And you know full well that there's a good chance that you're going to run out of money or you're going to become insolvent. You're going to have to close your business. You're going to run out of cash, whatever it looks like. You cannot continue to take credit from customers or uh, from suppliers. So if you do that, you can be personally liable for that debt. And that is what you want to avoid as a director of a. Limited liability company because a limited liability company, the company is a separate legal entity to you, and as it as the name suggests, you have limited liability. So when, if rather, you do come to close your business, providing you don't have any personal liability guarantees you signed, you're not liable for anything except in certain situations. And one of these is wrongful trading. So if I own a business and I look at the numbers, and even if I don't look at the numbers, even if I'm not paying any attention to the numbers, and I continue to take credit from suppliers, I continue to buy supplies, uh, raw materials or services on credit. And I know full well or not that my business doesn't have the ability to pay those people back. And I continue to trade then I can be personally liable for them, called wrongful trading. And we want to avoid that as much as possible. It's one of the reasons that I bang on so much to entrepreneurs and business owners, particularly in the early stages, to know your numbers. It drives me up the wall that people ignore it. And I also understand why people do, because guess what? I did for years. So going back to the story. So I have a conversation with this insolvency practitioner and he says, look, you can trade your way out of this. You can continue trading. It's not an issue. And so I find myself in a position where I need to get myself out of this debt because I don't want to owe my family any money. I don't want to be indebted. I don't want to have to close the business and them to lose all that money. So over the next few years... I worked really hard to turn the business around and I did. I managed to turn the business around. I managed to get us out of debt. I remember celebrating the day when I had my quarterly review with our accountants and they went, you're in the black, only a little bit, like you're, you're not in debt anymore. Like if you, you know, you've got some value in the business, um, you've got some assets, you've got some cash in the bank. Um which was a fantastic place to be. And then from then on, I knew that if anything happened, I'd be able to pay everyone back and I wouldn't have any personal liability if the worst happened and I had to close my business. I wouldn't be left with any debt. Fast forward a few more years. The business is going very well. I've actually got 150 grand in the bank in cash. Some of that money was to pay people, so I, I it wasn't all mine. And then the pandemic hit, and that's when it all collapsed without sounding too dramatic. Um, for those of you that don't know my business and haven't listened to the previous episode, um, I lost... No, I, I, I don't know, I banned these numbers around. I don't actually know the figure, but it was at least 95% of turnover overnight. The thing that I had been fearing the most in my business for years and years and years had finally happened. And it was scary, but at the same time, it was nothing we'd experienced before. And anything that we had experienced previously things like SARS and the bird and bird flu never came to fruition so at the time we were like oh okay well hopefully it'll be over in a few months and we'll be back to normal etc cetera, etc cetera. fast forward 2 years in a month in a month's time it'll be 2 years since the pandemic since lockdown happened in the UK It was two years ago that I came back from holiday and we were all talking about this new virus and what would happen, having no idea the impact it would have. But I'm really grateful for what I had been through a few years earlier with my business finances. And the reason was, was because I was set up to succeed as much as possible With the information I had, because anyone who's in business knows that when you have a crisis, financial crisis in your business, the information that you have around your finances is critical to helping you survive and succeed. And that is what I leaned on for the remaining 18 months of my business. I've been doing it anyway, but... I've been relying on this information to get me through, to keep me informed. And I don't want to say not stressed because that's not the case at all, but it certainly helped a lot. And I want to talk through some of the things that I did that I believe are absolutely critical for business owners, anyone who's responsible for finances within their business to understand. And you can also use some of this stuff, believe it or not, in your personal life. I actually do use it in my personal life. And it's incredibly helpful to help me sleep at night because I know where I'm at with my money. So the first thing is your profit and loss account. And before I start, I just want to get, okay, I know this stuff isn't particularly interesting. I know for some people it's boring as fuck. And, or, rather, and or, It's also very challenging. You may not have been a particularly keen numbers person at school. You might have dyslexia. You might have something that is preventing you from being able to uh, do this effectively or approach it without um, getting frustrated or fearful or upset, which I get it. I've been there myself. And so there are people out there that can help you with this. And I would recommend strongly that you go and you speak to those people to get help if it's something that you struggle with. No judgment um, at all. Just accept there's some things in life we're good at and some things we're not. And for some people, numbers is one of them. As I said earlier, I never want to be an accountant. I find the idea of going through reams and reams and reams of financial information quite boring. I used to do a lot of data analysis in my previous life uh, in marketing, which actually I enjoyed because I like telling stories out of data. Um, And that is probably one of the reasons why I enjoy doing business finances or my own business finances. But it's not something I do as a full time job. No way in a day. I think that's a phrase I just made up. Anyway, going back to. Profit and loss. So your profit and loss is something that is going to tell you how much sales or revenue you have coming into the business and how much money you have going out. That's the profit and loss in the simplest form. Sales minus costs equals profit. There are more intense versions of that. And if you have any online accounting software, I use Zero so I can't speak for any other accounting software. It has a profit and loss account built in. It does it all for you, provided the information going in is correct. And that is the job of you or your bookkeeper to make sure it's up to date. Because if it's being fed incorrect information, then that information is never going to be correct. It's useless. And your profit and loss, I'm going to leave it there in terms of talking about profit and loss because I'm going to talk more about that in future episodes, but also this isn't like a deep in-depth lesson into business finance. It's just sharing with you the kind of top line of the things that I was looking at on a regular basis. And one of those was a profit and loss account. That tells you on a month by month basis what the profit in your business is. Sales minus costs, profit. As I said before, it's more detailed than that. The costs are broken down into what's called costs of goods sold or COGS, which is related, the direct costs related to that sale of that product or service. So for example, with us for cakes, that would be all of our ingredients, raw materials, our boxes, our labels, and also our staff. Then you've got your fixed costs. Those are your things like uh, rent rates, electricity, broadband, uh, office staff, stationery, like there's a very long list of things that, that go into that. And the idea is your fixed costs are, as the name suggests, fixed. They don't tend to change much, depending on how much business you do or don't do. And then your, your COGS, cost of goods sold, they will tend to vary or they will vary with the amount of sales you do. So... Essentially, let's say I sell 100 cakes one month, the cost of ingredients is going to be X. If I sell double the amount, then the cost of ingredients is likely to be double. That's the simplest form. You don't need to think about anything more than that. As I say, if you're using a decent accountant and you have online software such as Xero or QuickBooks or I don't know of any of the other ones, I use Xero then you'll have that in there. And that is something you look at on a regular basis and that will enable you to keep track of your costs, particularly your fixed costs and your cost of goods sold. So you're able to understand where all your money is going. So when the pandemic hit, the first thing I did was very brutally go through my profit and loss account line by line, took a few hours, and pull out any cost I didn't need to spend and then look to get rid of it. Because the first thing I needed to do was save money. That is a exercise. I recommend you partake in your business at least every quarter. So four times a year, at least, if not more, once a month. Quarterly should be fine, but it depends on the amounts of costs you've got going out. But essentially, you want to be looking at your costs on a regular basis to understand where you're spending money. It's the same with your personal finance costs. I go through my direct debits um, and all of my bills at least, I would say at least twice a year because they don't tend to change that much and have a look at where I'm spending money. Am I Have I put another thing on my card like Amazon Prime or you know, Netflix, or do I need to, I canceled Sky, for example, realized I was spending £95 a month on Sky, so I canceled the TV service, my bill went down to 30. I just thought, I don't need Sky anymore. Anyway, but do you understand what I mean? So you you get to look at your costs, understand them, and then you can make informed decisions rather than just watching, not even watching, just letting this money flow out of your business with no idea where it's going. So that's the first thing, profit and loss. I would recommend looking at that on at least a monthly basis, if not more often. I used to look at it on a weekly basis, but that's because I was a little bit um, overbearing, let's say, with it. I like saving money. And then the second most important document, or the second, yeah, the second most important document for me is your cash flow forecast. This is the thing that helped me sleep at night most of the time. So a cash flow forecast can be done over any period, but I used to do it weekly in my food manufacturing business because we had a lot of money going in and out every month. I actually have one for my personal finances, and I look at that on a monthly basis. And so what you will do is you'll start with, How much money do I have in the bank at the beginning of the month? What am I expecting all income to be? So I've got uh, this invoice here, which is due on the second week of, let's say, March. And then these two invoices on the third week of March and this one on the fourth week of March. So I know how much I've got coming in for that month. And then below that, you'll have your outgoings. So how many, what direct debits do I have going out in March and who do I need to pay? So I used to split them out into regular fixed outgoings, direct debits in one section. And then in the, in the other section, you'll have all your suppliers and people that you pay bills to. And they might be, they often, for us, it was ingredient suppliers. So they would be matched to the income. Uh, but then we'd be on different payment terms for each customer. So one would be 30 days, one would be 45, one would be 60. So they'd be spread out across the months. But you put all of this, we used to, I used to just do mine in a spreadsheet. There's templates online. Um, I believe there's software that plugs into things like Xero that can do it for you um, for a monthly cost. But I just used to do it manually. It never used to take me more than about an hour a week. And... Then you would, at the bottom of that line, it would add everything in that was coming in for that month, take everything out that was going out for that month. And then, based on your cash balance, the balance at the beginning of the month, it would tell you what I have at the end of that month. And then on the next column, that amount from March would go up to the top. And then you do the same and you keep on going, say, for six or 12 months depending on how much information you have. Some of it's going to, the longer it goes on, often it's more of an estimate. And then that will give you a timeline of how much money you have each month until the point of when you know you run out. So I was able to see, based on how much money I had in my bank account, how long that would last based on money coming in and money going out. And if I updated that on a regular basis, sometimes I'd update it a few times a week because there would be so many changes. But I knew exactly when I was going to run out of money. And if you're lucky, or I say lucky, that's not the right word. What's the right word for that one? I don't know. If you've got enough money in the bank and you've been keeping a track on it and you're keeping a handle on it, then you might find, oh, actually, I've got until this date until i need to start making decisions about whether i need to go and borrow money get investment close the business like whatever you need to do and you've got a very clear timeline and having that timeline for me made such a huge difference to my stress levels because when i knew exactly where i was in my business where it gave me more confidence i was able to talk to people that I needed to talk about, which made me look like I had more control. If I needed to go and borrow money or get investment or whatever it looked like, or have conversations with suppliers to say. So, for example, sometimes you might think, okay, this person, supplier A, needs to be paid, let's say, five grand in a week. But I don't have enough money to do that. And the following week, I've got a bill coming in for 10 grand. So I can have a conversation with that supplier to say, I'm really sorry, I don't have the money to pay you this week. Can I pay you next week? I've got this money coming in. You can only really do that, when, particularly when you were the size of business I was, if you had a cash flow forecast. Because otherwise, you just don't know. Or you're just guessing. And trust me, guessing when it comes to finances doesn't often work out. So there's a lot more to business finances than what I've just described. I'm not going to talk about balance sheets. Am I going to talk about balance sheets? Let's mention balance sheets. That's the kind of third financial statement, which is very important businesses. That's the one I never used to look at very often, mostly because it didn't change that often. And secondly, because I just found it a little bit daunting and overwhelming. probably because I just never had, I mean, I didn't towards the end of my business. I did end up understanding it, but it took me a long time to understand balance sheets, if I'm honest. Essentially, balance sheets are all of your assets. So money you've got in the bank, uh, equipment, goodwill, all those sorts of things, minus your liabilities. Who do you owe money to? Um, do you have loans? Do you have supplies you need to pay, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. And then you'll get your um, your bottom line that will tell you essentially how much. So, if let's say, for example, you had a hundred thousand pounds worth of assets and fifty thousand pounds worth of liabilities, the value of your business at that point in time is fifty grand. And it is literally done as a snapshot in time. So, whenever you run that report, and that was the document the Um, financial report that I looked at that made me realise oh I owe more than I have as assets so I'm in debt if the business closed at that point in time when I was £150,000 worth in debt I didn't have enough assets in the business to be able to pay those people back not a good place to be so Profit and loss, which I didn't mention earlier, is sometimes called an income statement. So don't get confused. Profit, loss or income statement. Your cash flow forecast and your balance sheet, which is also sometimes referred to as your statement of financial position, depending on who you talk to or what system you're using in. But those are the three pieces of financial information, financial statements, financial documents, whatever you want to call them, that as a business owner, you should be looking at regularly. I don't use the word should very often. I'm not a big fan of the word should because it implies a lot of shitty stuff. But I make an exception sometimes. And this is an exception to that rule you should be looking at these, or someone should. <laughs> it doesn't have to be you. If you've got the money and the you've got the luxury of being able to afford to pay someone else to do this for you, then all well and good, as long as you trust them. But you do need to understand this information because if you do have someone who is looking at it for you, you need to understand what this information is telling you, even on a basic level, so that they're not fucking pulling the wool over your eyes, which does happen. My recommendation is go and Google those terms and there's plenty of videos, decent videos online, resources online that can tell you that information or speak to your accountant, ask them if they will take that, take you through that information. You will be better informed, you will feel more confident and you will have less stress. Even in the tough times, it will make the tough times Less stressful. Trust me, I've been there a few times. When I was talking earlier about looking at this information on a regular basis, it very much depends on the size of your business and the type of your business. For my food manufacturing business, I used to look at my profit and loss and my cash flow forecast at least once a month, if not once a week. Cash flow forecasts actually more often, particularly when times were tough uh, around the pandemic. It was definitely on a weekly basis, if not every few days, when there was a lot of money coming in and out. Profit and loss, definitely once a month, um, sometimes, more often once a week. And my balance sheet, I used to look at quarterly because that information didn't tend to change that often. But for my other businesses, that would be a lot less because there wasn't a lot of money going in and out. So I would say definitely if you're running a service-based business where you're maybe only invoicing monthly or money's coming in and out out on a monthly basis, then monthly is absolutely fine. But definitely as a minimum for your profit and loss and your flow forecast, you should be looking at the monthly. And then your balance sheet, I would say quarterly or every six months. But again, speak to your financial advisor or your accountant and work with them to work out what is best or your business consultant if you're working with one and work out what is best for your business. So that is all I'm going to say on financial information for your business. Well done. You made it through. If you're listening this far, then it's all over. Well, this conversation is. If you are stuck and you do want to have a conversation with anyone, please don't call me. I'm not in, no, I'm joking. Um, Reach out to me. As I say, I've got lots of experience. I do run regular um, sessions on this where I take people through the processes they need to get set up, walk you through that information tell you what you need to be looking at what you need to be looking out for all that sort of stuff so if you are interested in that check out jeremyjacobs.co.uk under the events section if there's not an event on there or you do want to speak to me directly then you can just drop me a message through the website or you can find me on all of my social media platforms linkedin instagram and facebook at JeremyJacobsuk. uk i hope it's not been too painful And I hope you've learned something today that you can take away and implement in your business. So good luck with it all. Thank you for listening. And you will hear from me very soon. Thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. This has been How Not To Run A Business with your host, me, Jeremy Jacobs. If you like this conversation and you want to hear more, then make sure you follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And whilst you're there, if you want to leave me a review, I would really appreciate it. If you'd like to connect with me online, you can do so on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And my profile name is Jeremy Jacobs UK. Or you can check out my website, which is jeremyjacobs.co.uk. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep on trying, keep on failing, Keep on succeeding.